You're listening to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast, a podcast helping retail traders like yourself get better results. If you enjoy listening to cutting-edge options research and trading strategies that help you make consistent gains in the stock market, be sure to subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's your host, Jay Eric O'Rourke. Welcome back to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. My name is Eric, and I've got some very interesting research data to share with you in this episode around trading weekly options on the SPY or the SPX. Now, this is a little bit of an extension of the last couple episodes of the podcast where I was talking with Al about trading uh, really close same day uh, credit spreads on SPX. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna expand that a little bit today. We're gonna talk about trading weekly options uh, with seven days to expiration. So you'd be holding that trade for one week. And given that SPX and SPY have three expirations per week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, I wanted to find out, well, is there any particular day that that trade works better? So is does you know Monday outperform Wednesday? Do you think Friday's the best one? Are they the same? Is there any significant difference at all? I think you're gonna be kind of surprised. I know I was when I got the results. Uh, so we're going to talk about that here. And, and ultimately, the underlying goal here is to find a consistent strategy that where we can find an edge to increase our profits over time, something simple. Before we get started, though, I wanted to let you know that I'm going to put all the results over on my website. I'm going to put a link in the description of the show notes, or if you're watching this on YouTube, I'll put the link there as well. That way, you know, sometimes it's better to see some of this stuff, but I want to discuss all the results in the episode. But again, if you'd like the visual of, of the results that we're going to talk about, be sure to check the description and the show notes of the podcast. The results are going to be available to podcast supporters. So if you're already supporting the podcast, great. And if you're interested in becoming a podcast supporter, you're going to be able to get access to those trainings and videos and, and results to kind of help your trading as well. So check out those links. Um, you're going to find the show notes over at stockmarketoptionstrading.com. And this is going to be episode seven. All right, so let's talk about the study. We're going to be looking at the S&P 500 going back three years from the end of May 2020. I'm not sure exactly when this podcast will post, but the, the results were kind of last updated at, towards the end of May 2020. And I ended up doing the back test on SPY instead of SPX. I would actually prefer to trade this on SPX, but I had to do the, the study on SPY due to some data issues with the software. I don't want to get into that, um, but in, I'll also put the link to the software in the show notes as well if you're interested in that. But anyway, we're going to be talking about SPY results but I would probably translate this to SPX because whenever you deal with short options near expiration, there's risk of early assignment, but with SPX, you don't have that. I'm not gonna get into all that today. This is more of a research project, but I wanna talk a little bit about what the market has done the past three years. So let's put a little context around the type of market we've seen. The reason why is, you know, if you're backtesting only bull markets, it's unlikely that your strategy is going to do well in a crash or a bear market, um, as we've seen with the corona crash here um, in the beginning of 2020. I think the three-year period we're going to be looking at is pretty um, 
pretty it's pretty wild actually if you look at it on a chart if you just look at a three-year chart of spy it's really all over the place but from three years ago the market is up about 20 percent just straight up from buy and hold type 20 percent gain so it is higher than it was three years ago we've had a few different sort of bull market runs if you will uptrending runs um and we've definitely had a few large uh trading ranges and we had the biggest crash recently with the Corona crash, but I don't know if you remember the Christmas crash of 2018, but that was a pretty big drop as well, which is right um, heading into uh, the Christmas New Year's time. The other thing we've seen the last three years is this huge V-shaped recovery that we're still in the middle of. I don't know how long it's gonna last, uh, but the market has you know, put in this V-shaped recovery from the Corona crash. So the market's really been all over the place, volatility both to the upside, both to the, the downside. And I like to kind of point this out. So we're looking at a strategy where we're looking for consistent, uh, a consistency in our, in our trade. Like we're gonna trade this every Friday, Wednesday or Monday or something. It's nice to know that the results we're seeing kind of span multiple market types to give us a little bit of validation that the data we're seeing um, could be useful uh, moving forward in the future. So let's talk about the backtest parameters real quick. I'm gonna put the software, as I said, in the show notes if you wanna check that out, but we're basically looking at SPY and we're gonna be backtesting $1 strike wide put credit spreads where the sold strike is close closest to the Delta 48 and the options are gonna be expiring in seven days. Now, if you're new to options, what Delta 48 means is that the put option that we'll be selling is just below where the market is. And you know, some people talk about the moneyness. So it is slightly out of the money, but it's actually really close to the money. I chose Delta 48 because I wanted to have a little bit of an edge in the option. The Delta can sometimes be close to the, the uh, probability that it'll expire in the money. So if we're using a Delta 48, um, there's about, and I'm, and I'm using the, I'm air quoting here, very loose term, about a 48% chance that that option would expire in the money. So the edge, just from the option pricing and Delta is actually gonna favor that that be out of the money, which is what you want with a put credit spread. So it's slightly out of the money. Uh, so the sold strike again is a is a close to a delta 48, about one strike out of the money, and we're going to be buying one dollar strike lower. So I know SPY has half strikes. We're going to try to deal with just um, dollar wide strikes. Doesn't mean it would the software wouldn't choose the half strikes, but but the the width of that spread's going to be a dollar, and that's important because that factors into um, how much capital we're allocating how much credit we're gonna get, the risk reward, all that stuff. We're gonna to try to stay consistent here by trading a dollar wide put credit spread on SPY. All right, so once again, we're testing a one strike put credit spread on SPY where the sold strike is at a Delta 48 and we're buying $1 uh, lower to, for the protection for to make it a spread. And we're trading this on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the question is, which of those days, if any, performed better the past three years selling the spread. So if you did it on Mondays, if you only did it on Mondays, would that do better than Wednesday? If you only did it on Wednesday, would that do better than Friday and vice versa? We wanna know, uh, the point of the studies was to know which day performed better or were they the same? Was there any sort of significant difference between the three days? All right, so let's start with Monday. 
in the past three years, there were just over 150 trades, right? Which makes sense. You're trading it every week. Now you got to think that sometimes there's a holiday, like a, like a Memorial day or a Christmas or something like that, where the market may be closed. So the number of days between the three days, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, may be a little bit different. It's, it's pretty close, but we're just going to ballpark it and say there was just over 150 trades um, for Monday, right? So Monday, there was actually 153 trades. The win rate of this trade for Mondays was 68%. So think about that for a second. If you're selling a Delta 48 option, but you're winning 68% of the time, there's a little bit of an edge there. And it shows in the profit for this dollar wide credit spread trading 150 times over the past three years, you ended up making about $533. So when you think about how much money you need to take this trade, which is really a hundred dollars, that's a little deceiving. You actually would need more than a hundred dollars, but for each trade, you would only need a hundred dollars because that's how much capital is at risk, or that's how much uh, margin you would need. However, you want to put that. Uh, when you sell a, a dollar-wide credit spread, you need, in this case, a hundred dollars for that trade. The reason why you would need more than $100, though, to trade this consistently over time is because you will have some losers and you may have multiple consecutive losers. And what that would do, if you just started with 100 bucks and you had two losers or even one loser, you would still need more money to, to put in because you would have lost some of your 100 bucks. So we're not, I don't really want to, you know, comment or anything on risk allocation and all that stuff. I'm just pointing out that even though you only need $100 to take this trade, you may need more than $100 to continue to take that trade, depending on how and where the winners and losers are distributed over time. So we're not going to talk about that, but I just wanted to kind of throw that in there. So again, um, not bad. You made $533 trading $100 at a time. Um, again, it was a 68% win rate and again the average duration would be seven days so basically the what the software did for this trade for monday is at the end of the day on monday it it sold a put credit spread and held it till the following monday and then the following monday it would just open up a new one and let the other one expire and that's how you got the 68 percent win rate and made 533 dollars so now let's talk about wednesday and I'm going to ask you first, so you can, you know, if you're in the car or the gym or whatever, um, just think about it. How do you think Wednesday did compared to Monday? Do you think it was more? Do you think it was less? I mean, I, I've been trying to rack my brain on why this number um, or why this performance was like what makes a difference between Monday and Wednesday. I really can't put my my head around it um, or nothing I can prove at least. But let's talk about Wednesday. Wednesday did surprisingly a lot better than Monday. So instead of the 68% win rate, Wednesday doing that exact same trade, but just trading Wednesdays instead of Monday, you ended up with a 72% win rate. You had about the same number of trades and you made almost twice as much money. So doing the same trade on Monday made $533 every week for three years. Had you done the trade on Wednesday instead of Monday, you made $1,046. So it was almost double the amount of money um, that was made trading on Wednesdays versus Monday. This kind of blew my mind a little bit. And I really honestly can't uh, think of why that is. I know, um, you know, I'm trying to think all the things that happen on Wednesday. Sometimes there's Fed announcements on Wednesdays, things like that. But, you know, we're trying to get away from 
reasoning here and we're just looking at straight math and historical performance based on mathematical you know concepts here but again wednesday outperformed monday by almost double which i thought was pretty pretty interesting so let's get into friday here so what do you think friday did do you think friday was better was worse um surprisingly friday actually performed in between monday and wednesday so wednesday had the best performance and made a thousand forty six dollars and friday had a 70 percent win rate so again, Monday was a 68% win, win rate. Uh, Wednesday was 72% and Friday was a 70%. So it was somewhere in between. It made $843 by trading just that uh, strategy on Fridays. So I thought that was pretty interesting to just realize the difference in those three days. So um, again, Wednesday was the best performer, had the best win rate, made the most money. Um, but here's here's the other thing that you can't really I can't really show you this in the podcast. This is why you sh you may want to check out the the podcast supporter so you can see the results. When you look at the P and L graph, which is available over on the website, I sh I sort of reveal the P and L graph. The P and L graph for Wednesday was surprisingly I'm, I'm not going to say it was smooth, but it was way more smooth than the other ones you have a some you have nice bull runs and then it kind of flattens off it plateaus if you will for a while and it goes up and plateaus but uh the monday and wednesday pnl graphs were way more choppier um and the, it wasn't a smooth you know amount of gains over time so i think that would be harder to trade because ultimately you have to friday was actually had the worst in my opinion but um but but here's the i think the most interesting takeaway again we just we're, we're still recovering, if you will. We're, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with the Corona crash, if we'll double dip or whatever. But the fact that you had a smooth equity curve um, where you did lose money in the Corona crash. And you think about that, if the market crashed for a month and you're selling an at the money put credit spread and holding it for seven days, the fact that the, that the Wednesday trade did not give back more of its gains. You know, we always talk about credit spreads where if you're selling far out of the money your risk reward is a lot um, more skewed meaning your reward is a lot less the safer you want to play it is less uh, reward but there's um, more risk when that that ultimate ultimately when that loser comes you're losing more and giving up all the gains so my sort of takeaway just from my initial reaction of these results is that because we're selling right at the money the max loss isn't quite what you what it would be if you were selling like a delta 10 or a delta 20. So even though you experience some max losses, the fact that you're selling at the money minimizes those those losses and the fact that you could keep a 72% win rate over 3 years. And I know the corona crash was only a month or two, so maybe that's partly why we didn't lose as much. And the fact that this strategy had a 72% win rate, and I'm talking about Wednesday here, over the past 3 year given all the different types of markets we've seen, I think is pretty, you know, I just think it's interesting. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to be trading this every week. I'm just kind of pulling numbers here. But my next thing I'm going to do, I'm going to share this on probably the next podcast is to see if there's an edge where if we know blindly selling these spreads makes money over time, just straight up, forget the days of the week. If you just sell one every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, that made money the past three years. Obviously, we, we, de we determined that Wednesday was better. Uh, but what would happen if we were to say okay let's only trade this if the market is above 
uh, certain moving average. I know I like to use the eight EMA. So I'm gonna be back testing that to see if that would improve the results. When you add some kind of filter, like a moving average filter in this case, where you're only gonna trade the put credit spread if the market's above the 80 EMA or 21 EMA or something like that. Ultimately, what you do is reduce the number of your trades because as the market starts to go lower, and let's talk about the Corona crash again, if the market were to you know, start crashing, it would be below the eight EMA, which would then filter out any entries because your rules are saying, hey, I'm only gonna trade this, you know, I'm air quoting bullish strategy if the market's above a moving average. So that's the next study I'm gonna be doing. I'm gonna share that here on the podcast. I'm gonna share that on the website. If you'd like to see the P&L curves and, and uh, for all the, all the days and get some more information, be sure to check me out over on Patreon. It's patreon.com forward slash vertical spread options trading. And you can find those results. And I hope you guys will support the podcast. You guys have a great day. And we'll see you at the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Stock Market Options Trading Podcast. To join our community of options traders, head on over to patreon.com forward slash vertical spread options trading for details. But before you go, you should know that everything discussed on this podcast and in this episode is for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial advice of any kind.